Thank you for listening in to this podcast from Valley View Church. Matthew 6, 34. I'm going to read from the Message Bible. And different scriptures I'm going to be using this morning, I'm going to be using from different versions of the Bible. So if you're reading from King James, don't let me lose you as we go throughout the message today. But I'll be using different versions. But I want to read from the Message Bible this morning, Matthew 6, 34. And I told him in the prayer room this morning with the leadership, this has been on my heart for at least a week. Two different times this last week, I know I tried to go a different direction. I would hear something particular, and I thought, well, maybe that's it. Let me try this. Then I'd hear something else, I thought, well, maybe that's it. Let me try this. And all week long, it just kept rolling through my mind. And then yesterday, it just kept coming again and again. God finalized what he wanted. But I'm going to say this to you before I even get started. If you'll do today what God's going to talk to us about, everything about your life will change. Everything about your family will change. Everything about our church will change if we'll only do what God talks about here today. Matthew 6, 34. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Aren't we guilty of that? We get so worked up at what may come tomorrow. We get so worked up about what comes next. The reality is we may not have another five minutes on this earth. So why worry about what we can't change? I'm going to preach to me this morning, just like everybody in this room. But why worry about what we can't change? Let me read again. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. God will help you deal with whatever hard things happen when they come. But notice the first part. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. I want to share with you for a few moments this morning on this simple subject. I surrender all. I surrender all. Put your entire attention on what God is doing right now. Now, give your whole heart, your whole life, your whole self, all you are to God right now. Let God be who God wants to be in your life right now. And you do what God wants you to do right now. And if we do that, everything else about our life will come into place or it will come into alignment. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for this precious group of people that is in this room today. And I ask you now, God, that you would anoint me to preach the word of God with authority, with power, with strength, with boldness, with the willingness of your glory in this room today. And I pray, Lord, that you'll prepare every heart and mind and spirit to hear and receive from you today, God, that when we leave this house, we're going to leave change. We're going to leave different, Lord. Lord, we will not be the same person. We may look the same on the outside, 
but there'll be something different on the inside, Father, because of what we have allowed you to do in our life. And Father, I ask it, I believe it, and I trust it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want you to turn around to three people. I want you to shake their hand and say, I'm going to surrender all. How about you? Now, if you just said it and you didn't mean it, come on to the altar and pray through right now. Amen. But I want you to think about what he said. I surrender all. And I like the way that it starts out. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Now, I want to start out a little bit different direction, and then we're going to come back to that verse of Scripture a little bit later on. But I want to share with you, first of all, everyone cares about the poverty level of mankind. Amen. What do you mean, Pastor? No one wants anybody to suffer lack. Nobody wants anybody to hurt. No one wants anybody to suffer when it comes to the physical. Well, can I ask you this morning, why is it different when it comes to our spiritual poverty level? Why is it different in the spiritual realm? We don't want anybody to lack in the physical. We don't want anybody to hurt in the physical. But when it comes to the spiritual, many times we don't pay very much attention to what happens in the spiritual part of a person's life. But can I tell you, the spiritual side in many senses is much more important than what happens in the physical side. Amen. What do you mean? You get the spiritual side right, the physical side will be right. You get the spiritual in line, and the physical will come into alignment. Now, I want to go back to the thought here today. I surrender all. I want to first of all say this to you. To surrender all to the Lord, it means that we must put our full trust in the Lord. And I want to just tell you this. I believe that it's time that we stop the spiritual poverty and we trust God once and for all in our life. And the only way we can do that is to surrender everything into his hand. To surrender all, we must be certain in our own heart who Jesus is. Now let me ask you, do you know who Jesus is? Now I want to be very careful how I say this. I know you know who I've told you Jesus is. And I know you know who others have told you Jesus is. And I know you know who mama or grandma has told you Jesus is. But do you know who Jesus is for yourself? Do you know in yourself who Christ is in your life? In Matthew 16 and 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is 
is in heaven. I want to go back to what he said here. He said, whom do men say I the son of man am? And then he said, whom say ye that I am? Jesus was asking them a very important or a very pertinent question, if you will. He said, I want to know if you know who I am. Not what other people are saying, what not what other people have figured out. Who do you think I am? Do you understand me? Do you understand who I am? Do you understand what I came for? Do you understand what I am doing? Jesus was asking a very important question. What I want to share to you this morning before we can truly follow Jesus, we must be certain in our own hearts who He is. We must know for ourselves who Christ is. Before we can totally take up our cross and follow Him, we must purpose in our own heart that Jesus is the Son of God. We must purpose in our own life that He is the Son of God, that He is the Lord and the Savior of our own life. Now, I'm going to ask you a very important question right up front this morning. Do you know Jesus is the Savior and the Lord of your life? Do you fully know that with full assurance this morning? I can with full assurance tell you that if the rapture takes place in the next five seconds, I don't have to run back to the altar. I don't have to pray back through. I don't have to seek God again. If it happens in the next five seconds, I'm out of here. Amen? I'm going home to be with the Lord. I want to ask you this question this morning. Do you have that full assurance in your life today? If you're going to follow Christ, you have to be at that point in your life. But can I tell you, it's a relationship you have with Him. And that relationship with Him must supersede all other relationships in your life. It must be more important than every other relationship in your life. In surrendering to Him, we are putting all other relationships in His hand. What does that mean? It means our marriages are in His hand. Mine and Ashley's marriage is in the hand of the Lord. My children, Lauren, Leslie, Elaine, and Colin, are in the hands of the Lord. You have to understand that everything about your life are in the hands of the Lord. We are putting our employment, our hobbies, our home, everything that is a part of our life, we're putting it in the hands of God. And I'm going to ask you, it's not in my notes, but I'm going to ask you, have you done that? Are you in the process of doing that? Will you even consider doing that? So many of us, we want to keep it all in our hands and we want to keep it all about us and how we can control it and how we can do it and how we can carry it out. And that's where we're making our mistake because we can't understand everything. We can't figure out everything. But the thing you got to realize when you put it in the hands of the Lord, He goes before you in the morning. He comes behind you in the evening. He gets, oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. He gets up with you. He lays down with you. He prepares the way. He comes along behind you. He's all around you in every moment. So which hand would you rather be in, your hand or God's hand? Amen. Think about it this way. He calmed the storm on the sea. He healed all that were sick. He has all power in heaven and in earth given to him by God the Father. 
He has all of this. And so in submitting to him, it means I place all that is a part of me into his hands or into those hands that calm the sea, that heal the sick, that has all power in heaven and earth. It means I'm putting everything about me in those hands. Can you imagine that for a moment? Being it in such a place in your life that you're in the hands of such an awesome God that can heal and deliver and do all manner of things in your life. When you put all of yourself in his hands, can I tell you, it is then that all becomes well. Amen. To surrender all to him, we must deny ourselves according to the word of God. In Matthew 16, 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now let me say this to you. This is the difficult why. Because we are no longer in control. When you take up his cross and you follow him, it means that you are no longer in control. Jesus is in control. It means that we follow him and we're walking behind him, if you will. It means that he will lead us through. It means that Jesus will choose the path. Let me ask you, do you want Jesus to choose the path for your life? Or can I ask it another way? Is the path that you are walking on, was it chosen by Jesus Christ? Was it laid out by the Lord and you're following after his direction? It's no longer about us, but life becomes all about him. And can I tell you, when we can surrender all and when life becomes all about him, then we can start fresh with what Matthew 6 and 34 said again. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. But listen again. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. When we can follow Jesus, when we can deny ourselves, then we can come to the reality of what that verse of Scripture is saying, and we can give our entire focus to the Lord. And can I tell you, if you're truly surrendered to and you are trusting God this morning as your one true source in your life, it should put an end to spiritual poverty in your life, and you should not be concerned. Somebody listen to me right here. You should not be concerned anymore about the what-ifs, the accuser has continually been throwing in your face. And I don't have to ask you this morning. I know it. But the enemy's been throwing what ifs in your face. What if this? What if this? What if this? But I came by to tell you or ask you, do you believe God's grace is greater than any problem that you will ever face? Do you believe that God's grace is greater than anything you'll ever go through? If you believe that, it don't matter what if the devil says. It don't matter what if the enemy brings. You can stand firmly and say, greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. The grace of God is sufficient for every need. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. The grace of God is sufficient for every need. If we really do believe God's grace is greater, then why do so many people let so much stuff get to them all the time? 
Here's where the rubber meets the road, Brother Charles. If we really believe God's grace is greater, why do we let stuff get next to us all the time? Let me tell you why. Because we're not focused on the benefits that are provided to us through our relationship with Jesus Christ. We're more focused on the stuff than we are the benefits that come to us as we walk through life with Jesus. When you trust in the Lord, when you depend on God, Matt, when you lean on God with your whole heart and your whole soul, can I tell you the benefits that come that are provided in that relationship is greater than anything the enemy will try to put before your face to discourage or to tear you down. Amen. We try to make it about everything else other than our relationship with Christ. But I'm going to be honest with you, and I want you to hear this statement. Nothing in your life is more important than the relationship you have with Jesus. If anything else in your life is more, now hear me, if anything else in your life is more important than your relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to run to the altar right now and you need to pray through. You may not agree with what I'm saying, but I'm going to take you back. Listen, if anything in your life is more important than your relationship with God, you need to pray through right now because nothing's more important than that. And when you get that part of your life right, the rest of your life will get right. I'm preaching to somebody in this room this morning. When you get that part of your life right, the rest of your life will get right. Amen? Notice in Matthew 6, 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His right. Righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Let me bring you down to the basics of what that scripture is saying. God says here, seek me first. And when you seek him first, seek out what he wants for you. And then the benefits will come. But he said, seek me first, find me first, and then the benefits will come. Our problem is we start seeking the benefits and we don't know nothing about God. Are you listening to me? We start seeking the benefits, but we ain't found out nothing about the Lord. We ain't got nowhere with God, but we want the benefits. He said, seek me first, find your place in me, and then the benefits will come in your life. I hope somebody's listening to me this morning. Can I ask you, have you ever tried it? Have you ever sought God first? Have you ever put Him first in your life and watched the benefits come? You might be shocked to find out what God wants to do for you if you'll seek Him first. You know what that means? It means you may have to get up a little early in the morning sometime and pray. It means you may have to devote a, uh, a certain time during the day, get along with God and pray. It means you may have to do things a little different once you've been doing them. Finding your place with God and seek Him first that He may be found. And let me tell you what happens. All you need is one word from God. 
All you need is one word from God in the situation that you're going through in your life. And if you will let him, if you'll give him his chance in your life, he will show you his capability. If you'll let him, if you'll just give God one chance in your, in your life, he will show you his capability. Let me share with you here. You want to talk about capabilities? The poor widow woman, God turned a cruise of oil, a few ounces into a vast amount that would be sold to pay her husband's debt off and left her and her sons with enough to live on for the rest of their life. Why? He's a God of abundance. You want to talk about God's capability? I like this one. Jesus told Peter to go catch a fish. And in that fish's mouth would be the money to pay their taxes that was owed to Caesar. Now, can you imagine that? Go catch a fish, and when you open the mouth, there's the money you need. I'm going to tell you something. If I thought that would happen for me, I'll go fishing this evening. But I want you to understand something. What God was trying to show them was his capability in their life. And what I want you to understand, it doesn't mean we got to go fishing to catch it unless God tells you to. It doesn't mean you got to do these certain things to do it unless God tells you to. But what it does tell us is this. When we put our trust and we put our faith and we put our dependence in the Lord and upon God and we do what he says, then he will provide for every need in our life, every need in our life, every need in our life. I'm going to say it again. Every need in our life. Sister Sandra, he loves us that much. Every need. Ooh, I hope somebody's hearing me this morning. If you'll seek God, he'll supply you with a word and exceed every need you have in your life. Did you hear that? If you'll seek God, he'll supply you with a word and he'll exceed every need in your life. One word from God changes everything. I said one word from God changes everything. Do you know what God likes to do for us in our life when we untie his hands by faith? Do you know what God likes to do in our life when we untie his hand by releasing our faith? He tells us in Ephesians 3 and 20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Did you catch that? To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Matthew Henry says it this way. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Please hear me right here. There is inexhaustible fullness of grace and mercy in God. Did you hear that? There is inexhaustible fullness of grace and mercy in God, which the prayers of His people can never draw dry. We can pray till we pray no more, can pray no more, and we'll never exhaust the supply of heaven. We can pray and get from God until we can't seem to get no more, and we will never exhaust the supply and the goodness and the grace of God. It never runs out. But we treat God's supply like we do our savings account sometimes. We're afraid it's going to run out. 
I got news for you. God's grace and mercy, God's goodness and mercy, God's supply will never run out in your life. It will never run out for you. The only way it will ever stop for you is when you stop believing and when you stop trusting and when you stop leaning on the Lord. But as long as you're believing and as long as you're trusting and as long as you're leaning, as long as you're dependent on God, the supply will be there. Are you listening to this preacher this morning? It will be there. Can I tell you that whatever we may ask, think to ask, dream to ask, God is still able to do. But I like this. Not only is he able to do it, but more abundantly, more exceedingly abundantly and more, God is able to do it in our life. And I got this in bold letters. We are abundantly blessed. I said, 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 we are abundantly blessed. Oh, give him a hand in this room. If you're blessed to the Lord, bless him. Listen, if we can believe and open our mouths in praise, what were they leading us to do today? Praise. What were they leading us to do today? Worship. If we can believe and open our mouths in praise and proclaim God's blessing over our life, he will exceed every expectation. I don't know about you, but Jonathan, I'm going to proclaim the blessings of the Lord over my life. I said, I'm going to proclaim the blessings of the Lord over my life. And I know in doing so, he will exceed every expectation I have. Let me tell you what our problem is. I'm going to preach to me and preach to you. I'll tell you what our problem is. We don't have the right expectations when it comes to God. We say we do, we think we do, we believe we do, but we don't. I know that's point blank, and I know that's straightforward, but we don't. If we ever get our expectations right, and I'm talking to me, we ever get our expectations right when it concerns God, God will do things in our life that we've never even started about dreaming about. God will do things in our life that we never even thought about expecting. God will do things in our life that we never even imagined could take place for anybody, much less us. Amen. Did you hear what I said? Anything to do above anything we could imagine could happen to anybody, much less us. But I want to tell you something. We've got to come back to that place where our expectation level is so high and so great that sometimes it literally scares us. James, I see your head moving. I don't know if I see anybody else. Sometimes we need God to help us bring that expectation level to the point in place that it literally scares us. God, help me right here. There, listen, there needs to be no more scheming. There needs to be no more second guessing. There needs to be no more plan B thinking. Just trusting God's capability only in our life. Can I say it again? There needs to be no more scheming, no more second guessing, no more plan B thinking. Just trusting in God's capability for our life. In Proverbs chapter 3, 5 through 10, in the Message Bible, it says this. 
And I want you to listen close. I'm going to try to read it calmly because I want you to hear it. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. And then notice what He said. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Honor God with everything you own. Give Him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. Oh, give the Lord a hand in this room. That's not my word. It's God's word. It's not what I'm telling you. It's what God's telling you. The New King James Version says it this way. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own self, if you will. Sometimes we like to lean on everything but what we know we should. Sometimes we like to lean on everything but what we know we should. When we know in our heart we ought to be leaning on God and trusting in God and depending on the Lord. But we lean on everything else. We depend on everybody else. We look to everybody else. But can I tell you, because we're looking to everything else, that's why the accuser says, all this you're saying sounds great. The accuser says, but there's just one problem. It's just too good to be true. That's what the devil says. He said, all these things you're saying sounds good, but it's just too good to be true. But to that this morning I say, God's Word is not mocked. God's Word will will not come back void. God's Word is true and God's Word is just. So the devil tries to tell you it's too good to be true. devil tries to tell you it will not happen. But I declare again God's Word is true and I choose to believe and live in the peace God's Word delivers in every situation in my life. I choose to live in the peace that God's Word gives me in every situation in my life. I want to talk to somebody right here just a minute. You may be going through turmoil right now, but there's peace you can live in. You may be going through hell right now, but there's peace you can live in. You may be going through one of the hardest places in your life right now, but there's peace you can live in. You can lay your head on the pillow at night, and you can sleep in ease knowing that God's got it under control. I'm going to preach to somebody right here in this room. You ain't slept good in a long time. You ain't had a good night's rest, and you don't know when. You've been miserable for so long. You've been miserable all day long. You've been miserable everywhere you turn around. Let me tell you something. There is peace that you can find and you can have in God. That no matter what's going on in your life, you can smile in the middle of your day and you can have the joy of the Lord in the middle of where you are and you can lay your head on the pillow at night and you can rest in the joy of the Lord. Somebody hear me this morning. So let me just tell you, you can stay awake all night long if you want to. Or you can give it to God and let the peace of God overcome your situation. Whew. 
Philippians 4 and 7, the voice version says it like this. And know that the peace of God, a peace that is beyond any and all our human understanding, will stand watch over your hearts and minds in Jesus, the anointed one. Boy, if that don't make you want to shout, nothing will. I don't like to repeat myself, but I'm going to read it again. And know that the peace of God, a peace that is beyond any and all our human understanding, will stand watch over your heart. A peace, Sister Jean, that will stand watch over your heart. A peace that will stand watch over your mind by the anointed one, Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I want the peace of God to stand watch over my heart. I want the peace of God to stand watch over my mind. Can I tell you there's such a sweet peace that only God can give. And when someone finally places it all in his hands, it's the most wonderful place you can be in life. Let's go back to what the Message Bible again said. He said, your body will grow in health or with health. Your bones will be vibrant with life. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best, and your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. You know what that's saying to us? The more you place in his hands, the more you will simply allow yourself to let go and trust God in what Jesus went to the cross to accomplish for you. And when you come to that place, the more he will pour into your life abundantly and the more he will take you into new levels in your relationship with him. But where does it start? The more you place of who you are in his hands. Everything. Listen, somebody hear me. There is nothing God will not do for you. I want you to elbow your neighbor and wake them up right now. Elbow them. Do what I say. Elbow them. You got to knock them off the seat. No, don't do that. Wake them up. Wake them up. Wake them up. Are you listening? Everybody awake? Are you listening? I want you to hear this. There's nothing God will not do for you. I said there is nothing God will not do for you. Everything is possible as long as he has first place in your life. Everything is possible. As long as he has first place in your life. The Apostle Paul said it like this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Praise God this morning. You can. Why? Because God's word declares you can. And the Apostle Paul could say this. Why? Because he had surrendered his will to God in his life. He had given all of who he was to the Lord. And I want to ask you a very important question. Have you surrendered to the will of God in your life? Worship team, come. Have you surrendered to the will of God in your life? Have you surrendered all of who you are? Have you yielded all of who you are? Have you given all of who you are into the hands of the Lord? Listen, I'm not talking about becoming a Christian. I'm not talking about joining the church. I'm not talking about living a good life. I'm not talking about being a good moral person. I'm talking about establishing a relationship and surrendering your will and laying it all down at the feet of Jesus. 
You see, we have a choice when it comes to the feet of Christ. We can lay a little bit of what we have and who we are at his feet. Or we can lay everything of what we have and who we are at his feet. And I'm gonna, I just feel this and I got to say it. What we do not lay at his feet, he really, I ain't going to say he can't help us with. But what we do not lay at his feet, we tie the hands of God with. Because God is a gentleman. He's not going to push himself on you. He's not going to push himself in your life or the things of your life. But what you lay at the feet of Jesus Christ, there ain't a devil in hell can touch it. Am I right, Sister Jean? Am I right, Sister Mary? What you lay at the feet of Jesus ain't a devil in hell can touch it. You know why? Because at his feet, Teresa, there's protection. At his feet, Jeremy, there's fullness. At his feet! Somebody hear me. Prayer is surrender. The thought this morning is I surrender all. Prayer is surrender. And God is calling us to surrender to his full will in our life. If I throw out a boat hook from a boat and cast it out and catch hold of the shore and begin to pull. Listen to this. If I'm sitting out away from the water and I cast out a boat hook and I cast it to the shore and I lock in, I begin to pull. Do I pull the shore to me? Or do I pull myself to the shore? Think about it. Do I pull the shore to me? Or am I pulling myself to the shore? What do you mean, Pastor? Prayer is not pulling God to my will, but prayer is aligning my will to the will of God. I hope you're listening to me. I hope you're hearing me. Prayer is not pulling God to my will, but it's aligning my will to the will of God for my life. There's an old song that says this. It says, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender. Humbly at His feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus. Take me now. And I love the latter part. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all.